This is 69 The Podcast. I'm Dave Haynes. 69 has been covering the digital signage industry since the dawn of man, first online and now as a podcast. The goal on here is to make listeners aware of interesting companies, smart people, and new technology developments, all of them meaningful in making digital signage projects happen. I try to help listeners understand sometimes complicated subjects and why they should care. The podcasts are free and I try to get a new one out weekly, but things happen now and then. The 69 Podcast has been gratefully sponsored and supported since the start by Jeremy Gavin and the fine folks at ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. ScreenFeed makes beautiful-looking, totally automated content for signage and digital out-of-home networks. Check them out at ScreenFeed.com. 69 has been around since 2006, and the publication and podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which provides customer engagement solutions for business. You can find them at Spectrio.com. A UK startup called CloudShelf has come up with an accessible, heavily automated and simple platform that helps small, mainly local retailers offer the same kinds of interactive display tools in their stores as deeper pocketed and more heavily resourced major retailers. The company has written code that crawls and analyzes local retail sites on Shopify's vast e-commerce platform and produces interactive experiences that are a lot more than just the online site on a screen in the store. Something we've all seen and rolled our eyes at. In this case, it's curated and stylized to look and work like an in-store interactive site produced by a digital agency, probably for a lot of money. I spoke with founder Giles Corbett about the origins of his company, how the platform works and is sold, and why the nightmare scenario of retail lockdowns and restrictions through the pandemic actually created something of a perfect storm for CloudShelf. Giles, thank you for joining me. Can you give me a rundown on what CloudShelf is all about? Dave, of course, with pleasure. But I mean, first of all, I got to say, it's fantastic to be on the podcast. So CloudShelf, yeah, I, it's a really simple idea. We call it in-store e-commerce. Now, I, I bet you, you and, and the people listening to this podcast, you've all been into a store at some point and you've gone in looking for a bike or a, a pair of jeans or, or some jewelry mm-hmm. and you haven't found what you were looking for and you left the store disappointed. Well, it turns out this issue of walkouts costs physical stores a trillion dollars a year. So it's a big, big, big issue. Mm-hmm. And that's just the immediate loss of sales without even talking about all of the dissatisfaction, et cetera, that, that, that it causes later on. Now, being such a big issue, it turns out that some of the most successful retailers worldwide have built solutions to go and bring digital experiences in store that can alleviate this issue. But what CloudShelf does is it takes this idea and just using an AI-driven platform, immediately makes it available to even smaller or independent retailers that don't have the unlimited means or the technical knowledge of some of these super retailers. And these retailers can very simply set up CloudShelf in a matter of minutes and get fantastic digital in-store experiences, either interactive experiences or display experiences that help them sell more and close more sales in the store. That's what it's about. So how this would manifest itself in in, in a store, in a physical store, would be some sort of a a touchscreen kiosk screen, whether it's on a counter or freestanding or perhaps mounted on a wall? Dave, all of those. Um, 
it's always using some form of digital display. Mm-hmm. And Cloud Shelf can operate either on interactive touch screens that you're describing, or it can even be on display-only screens. I'll talk about those maybe a bit later on. But indeed, typically, uh, retailers will go and have a kiosk that could be uh, maybe, imagine a fashion store with a small jewelry range. And on the jewelry counter, you go and see a beautiful screen that's showing off in a stunning way all of the jewelry that's available. And you go and see the small range on display and you, you, maybe you can't find exactly what you're looking for. And the screen next to it will say, discover the rest of our jewelry range. You touch it, you can find what you're looking for um, and even buy it directly off the screen. Now, this is different though. And, and I wrote about this recently, how I, I walked around the National Retail Federation show and saw some e-commerce companies at that time. This is going back three, four, five years, mm-hmm. uh, basically pushing their websites, their online presence to a in-store screen, but mm-hmm. really not changing anything. It was just the e-com site on a, a computer terminal, basically in the yeah. store. And mm. from my perspective, that wasn't enough. That was I, I'm very old and I go back to the starting days of the internet and, and online news sites were uh, filled with what was called shovelware, basically shoving, shoveling content from another medium onto a smaller screen and saying, we're done. And, and it kind of looked like that. You're saying yeah. this is different, right? Yeah. D- putting your website on a screen in the store is a really, really bad idea. But I mean, done over and over. I, you wouldn't expect to go and find your website just running as it is on a, on, a, on a desktop on a mobile phone. Well, similarly, you do not, as a, as a customer, you do not want to go and see the website running on a screen when you go into a store. If I go into a store and the retailer says, oh, I'm sorry, I can't help you. It's on the website. Look, the website's there. I'm thinking, well, hang on. Why did I even bother walking into the store in the first place? Mm-hmm. Now, The whole point is to go and create digital experiences that complement the magic, the delight of being in store. You know, you go into a store because you you think that the person who's there is actually going to advise you on the best, the shirt that looks the best on you or, you know, the bike that's the best for the kind of um, road biking that you want to do or whatever it may be. You want that level of... Um, advice, of contact, of engagement. And therefore, you want a digital experience that complements that. And that's what CloudShelf does. If you just put the, the, the website there, it fails miserably. Look, I'll give you a really obvious example. Go into a clothes store and you have jeans, you have shirts, you have ties, you have suits, etc., etc. If you've gone in wanting to buy jeans, you've gone up to the jeans area and you've had a look. You expect the screen next to that area to go and show you about jeans, not to go and show you that if you happen to be on the third floor of the store, you could also go and get swimwear or whatever it may be. So it's the idea of having this um, effectively interactive visual, visual merchandising next to the product. And right. You want something that enhances that that in-store experience, and that's what this is doing. And then there are a whole bunch of 
There are a whole bunch of other reasons why it's different to the website. For instance, it knows the device it's on so that when you go and buy something, it knows which store it came from. Um, it makes sure that you don't have to enter any personal information onto the device itself. If I was to go on the website and I wanted to buy something in the store, I need to go and type my credit card number into that tablet or that web. I mean, that would be crazy. So it does away with all of that. And it does a whole bunch of other things too. So the, the premise here is that you can take a already built and managed and populated uh, e-commerce website uh, from a, a, pl- a cloud platform and auto- largely automate and push a version of it, a curated version of it, to smaller screens without having to hire a interactive agency and have a six-month or 12-month project and a possibly six-figure budget to, to put it all together, right? You can do this pretty inexpensively and easily. That, that is a perfect summary. So indeed, we start with the existing e-commerce website. Why? Because for most retailers, that has now become the biggest repository they have of visual assets, of product descriptions, etc. So that's what we use as a starting point. And just imagine, if you're a retailer, you've invested a lot in your online website. It's fantastic if you can just reuse that automatically to go and create all of these in-store displays. And so you're spot on. If you happen to be, for instance, a Shopify uh, retailer, you simply add the Cloud Shelf app. It analyzes all of the products that you have Um, and it says, what kind of a display do you want to create? Well, I want to create one for my uh, trousers or jeans, menswear, whatever. You go and say what it is. It will then go and propose all of the products to go and put into it, and it will go and create that. You then say which screen you want it to go on, and it displays that on the screen. It updates whenever you update the website. It chooses all of the best looking images so that you don't need to go and go through and select them all independently. It does the whole thing in under five minutes from beginning to end. So this would be, you would have templates, I would assume that would be kind of the wireframes to, to do this in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. You could, you, you, you can choose a number of parameters around how you want to go and lay it out, but you don't have to. You can just click create the cloud shelf and it's there within mm-hmm. seconds. And then you want to go and tune it. Sure, you can you can tune it. Do you find if people are doing the kind of click and forget thing where it's just going to create something that they're fine with that or do they want to tweak it? Well, they definitely want to go and tweak elements that are key to their visual branding. So, you know, brand colors, logos, fonts, and things like that. And most of them will do that. But then what is amazing is they can just about forget about it because after that, whenever they do an update to their website, boom, it, it carry through and it's there and it's intelligently displayed. They, they go and put on a promotional sales and it carry through to their cloud shelf automatically. So, once they've spent the, oh, maybe five, 10 minutes doing those initial uh, branding uh, choices, then the whole thing just runs. And that's because you're working at an API level with the e-commerce platform? Absolutely. So we are 
a, a big part of what Cloud Shelf does is an incredibly powerful uh, backend uh, sync engine that just manages the the analysis, synchronization, checking of all of the retailers that are live on the platform. And you've you've integrated first, by the sounds of it, with Shopify, and Shopify yes. gives you a vast audience, correct? Absolutely. I mean, Shopify gives us um, a pretty fantastic uh, API access. Um, it gives us a vast audience um, and it gives us a growing audience. So what we see in all of the countries in which we started operating is that more and more of the uh, retailers who maybe were using another solution are moving over to Shopify. And one of the things they love about Shopify is the ecosystem of apps that enable them to go and find exactly the solution they were looking for uh, to address their issues. So for us, Shopify has been a great place to start and learn. Why wouldn't Shopify, uh, it seems to me they were kind of noodling this going back four or five years ago at NRF and some other uh, e-commerce companies were as well. Mm-hmm. Why, why wouldn't they do their own and, and as opposed to partnering with you? Well, you know what? I think you're right that Shopify is going to be looking more and more at this. Uh, their, 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 their recent declarations and that the, they were really promoting in-store as being the next growth vector for them mm-hmm. um, suggests that this is an area that they will be, that they will be looking at. And you know what? When they do, I think they'll come up with something that'll no doubt be be absolutely fine. But if you want to have the very, very best solution, it's going to be CloudShelf because we are the guys, we're the team that's mm-hmm. just dedicated to to this area of uh, of work and development. Yeah, I, I, I've been involved in digital science for more than 20 years now and i've seen all kinds of very large well-funded uh deeply experienced companies get into digital science but only kind of sort of and it's a skunkworks operation i'm thinking Mm -hmm. past iteration of cisco and google and companies like that and they're they're just not fully engaged and therefore the product's never all that robust it's just like there we did it yeah, I think there's a bit of that, you know, they, 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 and let's go back to what Shopify is doing. They're clearly uh, promoting and investing in, in their POS mm-hmm. and making it better and better. So, you know, they are going to spend time on this, but the, we, we, we're at a slightly different uh, segment with this intersection of digital signage which is about beautiful displays mm-hmm. and e-commerce which is all about driving transactions and this space that we've created of in-store e-commerce is all about the union of those two worlds mm-hmm. yeah I, I would imagine you, you you had to spend a lot of time thinking about the user experience uh how how it looks to people walking up to it uh how they're going to navigate it and so on, because it's it's not the same as sitting at a desktop or uh, monkeying around on your tablet to shop. Well, absolutely. I mean, to begin with, it's a public screen. So the kind of 
information that you'd expect your phone to know or that you'd be willing to type into your phone, you do not want to be entering onto a public screen. So you need to have all of the handoff, the seamless handoff between what happens on the public screen and then what you complete to, to finalize the transaction on your private phone. And that is a completely novel experience. When you're working with a, a big e-commerce platform like a Shopify, were you just working, basically tapping into their API and developing something? Or were there sit-down meetings with Shopify folks saying, here's what we want to do, here's what we need from you? And they were in turn asking you, well, how do we manage security and, and, and all those things? Um, it's a very interesting question, Dave. When we first, uh, we, we, we spent some months actually uh, prototyping all of this solution as a private app, something that was still allowed on Not Shopify um, in the early days. And um, we were trying all of this stuff out and iterating like crazy with, with retailers. And then at one point, we went to Shopify and said, listen, this is our idea. This is what we want to do. This is what we want to launch. And they were scratching their heads saying, well, hang on, we don't really understand. Is this is this POS or is it e-commerce? I mean, where, where does it sit? And we said, no, no, it doesn't sit like this is new. This is different. This is taking somebody's website and making it so that it renders and uses beautifully in their store. And so at first there was, you know, there was some confusion on their side about how where, where does this fit? And then the more we engaged, the more enthusiastic they became. Um, and uh, they've been fantastically helpful at giving us feedback and advice on, on, on a bunch of things. Do you have the back end sorted out as well? Like one, one of the things that I, I said to some of the companies when I was walking around NRF and they were showing this, this, this core idea was, well, what about device management? How do you know if the screen's active uh, mm -hmm. and, and working properly and so on? And they looked at me like I had three heads. It, yeah. it just had not occurred to them. <laughs> well, Dave, I, in past life, I, 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 was, um, I was running uh, from West London a network of 15,000 connected devices in, I think it was 350 cities in China. <laughs> um, and, and, and so, yeah, uh, we learned everything we needed to learn about monitoring devices and how <laughs> you've been oh, through the wars. I, 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 big time. Anyway, um, what I'd say is that if you go and look at the, at the cloud shelf code base, um, the, the bit that we call the engine, the bit that displays, uh, on the screens is probably well under 20% of the code base. The back end uh, and all of the management tools are where all of the cleverness is. Yeah, that that's an interesting comment because I've, I've said that so many times to people that uh, getting media to play out on a screen is is a technical challenge, but it's it's minor compared to all, all the work needed to keep the stuff playing on on the screen reliably and and manage it. Yeah, indeed. I mean. Uh... Retailers are using Cloud Shelf because they want to enhance the in-store experience. Mm -hmm. You do not enhance the in-store experience by having a blue screen. For over a decade, ScreenFeed has been the reliable choice for beautifully designed, licensed content such as news and weather. 
We handle over 27 million requests a day to deliver dynamic content to 200,000 screens across the globe. Now we bring you ScreenFeed Connect, a no-code solution that makes complex content projects easy. Projects that used to take our designers and developers weeks became a to-do we could complete before lunch. The easy-to-use browser-based tool leverages pre-built data connections and ready-made widgets to give you the power to design with data. Create team member profiles, schedules, tenant directories, progress boards, featured products, or anything that leverages your data. Discover how Connect empowers you to complete projects faster at screenfeed.com. Where did this idea come from? I, I, I was looking at your, your LinkedIn background and uh, your, your previous company was with a name that I'm going to pronounce Subaka, and you can correct me on that, but it seemed to be about interactive in retail as well. Yeah, so I, uh, our background is has always been around stuff that, that 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 drives or is driven by end user engagement. So it started off with mobile games, um, and then from mobile games, we thought about well, how can we use games to go and drive engagements in stores next to products, and would that be the beginning? of a fantastic media platform. And that's what Subak was all about. And we developed that extensively in China. Um, and then that sort of stayed in China. And we'd started developing uh, extensions from what we're doing at Subaka in the UK and in France. And we were, we were supporting some big retailers such as Tesco, Marks and Spencers, Next, Eglin in France and some others. And then the pandemic hit. And Every single one of our retail clients closed down in literally a a two or three week period. And that gave us an opportunity to to think, reflect, to go work on some of the back projects that we hadn't had time to work on. And while that was happening, there were two things that happened that I found absolutely fascinating. First is um, we just became more and more aware of all of the small independent retailers around us um, who had closed their stores, uh, putting great big signs in the window saying, come onto our website, etc." And they were all, every single one of them moving on to Shopify. So yeah. we started looking into Shopify. Because they had to. They had to. We started looking into Shopify a lot more and discovered that, you know, maybe there was something there. But you know what? The second thing, actually, the second and third of these two things, the second thing that was really interesting is that all the way leading up to the pandemic, there'd been this kind of, you know, this, 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 this belief that we were all, all retail was inexorably moving online. That basically, once a consumer had bought something online, that was it. They weren't going back into a store. Now, in the UK, we are um, blessed with a lot of very impressive real-time statistics by organizations such as uh, the ONS. And they track all of the online and offline sales. And, you know, for the last five years, they've been showing quarter after quarter increase in the share of online. And by the time we hit the pandemic, online in the UK was way above what it is in the US. It was like sort of 24 to 25% of uh, all consumer spending was taking place online. We hit the pandemic and that number goes through the roof, 38%. McKinsey publishes its sort of uh, big report about how basically online has just stepped forward 10 years 
in two months and that's it. It's a point of no return. And then the first lockdown ended and it was really puzzling. We saw all of the stores around us fill up and we started looking at the statistics and the share of online fell back to what it was just before that first lockdown. Then we had lockdown two and lockdown three and each time same thing, online shut up, end of lockdown, um, online collapses back to the level it was at before. I.e., all of these consumers had found out how to go and buy their jeans or their milk or whatever it was online. But yet when the stores reopened, not for all of those purchases, but for many of them, they decided to go back into store. Now, that told us for the first time that there was absolute proof that something we'd always believed was true. And that's that in the future, retail was going to be something that would be completely hybrid. It was going to be, yes, a lot of it online, but also a lot of it in store. And the stores that would survive were going to be those that would have invested cleverly, smartly in the digital experience to make sure that the in-store experience was outstanding. And that became our customer base. And they were the people that we started targeting. So all of those things kind of happened. And then a third thing happened the third of my two things, um, and that was the, 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 the emergence of hybrid working. So initially full remote, then hybrid. And, and the bet that we took there was that that was never going to go away, um, that we would all spend more time working from home or, or elsewhere, but basically not from a city center than we had done before the pandemic. And that meant that there would need to be a shift in the fabric of retail and the structure of high streets around where people lived. And that as there were many more places where people lived than there were city centers, stores, brands, retail units would have to be smaller. And if they were going to be smaller, then they'd need more digital to be able to offer the same range of services. And therefore, our bet is that we are absolutely in line with all of those trends happening at the same time. People moving to Shopify, independent retailers or retailers in general learning how to go and digitize and consumers wanting to go and shop more locally. And that's why we think this opportunity of in-store e-commerce is so exciting. Yeah, there's certainly been a lot of chatter about the idea that larger stores like big boxes and so on would increasingly become showrooms uh, where you could go in and have a look at something, but then you yeah. can order online or whatever. And I would imagine mm -hmm. that it extends itself down to even small businesses who can, you know, expand their product range without expanding their footprint. Dave, it is fascinating. It is fascinating. I was with the owner of a of a small independent store uh, yesterday called Cherry Moon, and she's got a beautiful selection of designer clothes and she has these two tables in the, the 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 middle of the store that has beautiful jewelry by um two of her, two designers and she was saying that the issue is that many of these pieces are unique or in very small quantities and the designers can't afford to put all of their stock there in that one stop so that means that they then can't exhibit it elsewhere and all of a sudden, what CloudShelf was helping her do was give these designers the ability to go and sell their entire range in her store without needing to commit all of the stock. 
And that idea is one that we've seen time and time again. I was in a meeting this morning uh, with a retailer we're rolling out with uh, this week, and they have five of their own stores, they have 12,000 SKUs, and they have 200 stockists. And what their issue has always been is that their website is at loggerheads with their stockists who go and see the website as taking business away from uh, from them. And yet with Cloud Shelf, it completely turns the whole story around because now they can go and have Cloud Shelves presenting all 12,000 SKUs in these small stockists with the stockists knowing that if somebody goes and buys a product via the Cloud Shelf, it will be allocated back to their store and they will go and get the same benefit from it as though they'd actually sold the product physically uh, from within the store without having had to hold the stock. Now, that's a pretty amazing proposition, both for the brand and for the retailer. Hmm. Uh, so you're you're rolling out with a, a, a customer right now. Where, where are you at? Because in, in reading some of the PR, it indicated you went through a series of trials. Company's not that old. And you went through a series of trials in London and Paris and mm-hmm. are now deploying. So... You're, you're obviously past the testing stage and getting into operational yeah. mode. Yeah, so we are 18 months old. Mm-hmm. Um, we started off with a small group of retailers that we call basically our, our friends for life pilot uh, retailers. And, and the deal for them was that they'd get Cloud Shelf for free forever. They just needed to go and give us feedback on a weekly basis on how they were using it, how their customers were reacting, what else they wanted to go and see in the product. And we worked with them for a year, basically iterating and improving the product. And then, indeed, as you said, um, a few weeks ago, uh, we actually made our app live on Shopify and and announced that we were now ready for business. And uh, I'm delighted to say that in the short time since then, uh, we've 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 actually had some fantastic successes. So we're going live in Ireland at the end of this week with two retailers. We're going live in Scotland uh, also this week. Um, so there's uh, there's definite movement there. There's been a lot of interest um, from many partners in France, and uh, we've just kicked off some discussions in Germany. And Dave, I really hope that in the next few months, we'll be signing up our first retail networks in the US because this solution really scales and works everywhere. And Canada, where Shopify comes from. And Canada, of course. Spot on. Now, you know what? <laughs> to go and help us work out where we needed to target, we built a really nifty tool that we call Store Finder. Basically, I go and put in any address anywhere in the world. And it produces a glorious map of every physical store in that area. And it tells me all of the ones that use Shopify, all the ones that use Salesforce, all the ones that use Magento, et cetera, to go and power their back end. So super useful tool for prospecting. But I can tell you this one thing. Shopify have done incredibly well um, at promoting themselves in their home market because mm-hmm. the number of stores in, uh, in Canada that use Shopify to, to power their back end is, is quite phenomenal. So yes, we should definitely be there. Mm-hmm. So if I am a 
digital signage company and I'm listening to this and a software provider and I target retail mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, I don't want to say meat and potatoes, digital signage, but for, for the other stuff around a store, are you a competitor or is there, or is there a way to work together? Is, are they, are you kind of parallel things? Interesting question, Dave. So um, if you happen to be a provider of screens, we are a savior. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we're working with a bunch of screen uh, manufacturers and resellers now who basically tell us that when they are selling into retail, oftentimes retailers will come along and say, listen, we want these digital screens, some in store for our merchandising, some in the window, etc. And how do we create the content? And the digital science company goes, ah, well, yeah, that's a bit of an issue. Um, clearly, with Cloud Shelf, we talked a lot about the interactive mode version on the kiosks uh, a few minutes ago. We also have a second version that we call display mode. We haven't yet launched display mode. We're kind of testing it still with retailers, but it will be launched in, in the next I don't know, two, three weeks, most likely. And what it does is it does the same kind of clever analysis of your product ranges and imagery, et cetera, as we use on the interactive mode to go and create fantastic product-oriented visual displays. So uh, you want to go and have uh, something that goes and shows uh, your, your 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 various product ranges and the and and etc. Uh, in the store window to attract people to come in. Cloud Shelf display mode will go and do that on the fly. Now, what we find in the retailers we've been interviewing is that for a number of them, that's fantastic and that's exactly what they want. But we also find a bunch of them that say, well, you know what? Actually, we want to go and integrate video. We want video from the brands, etc. Now, you want to go and put in some, you know, some simple banners, etc. Cloud Shelf helps you do that automatically. But you want to go and have a very, very sophisticated loop uh, with all kinds of other stuff other than relating to the products in the store. Then you know what? You go and find a digital signage company that can go and help create the CMS to go manage that loop. And Cloud Shelf can just come in and be part of that loop. So we're currently working with two CMS providers, so MDM CMS providers, digital signage. um, And that's exactly what they plan to be using Cloud Shelf for. So they will go and see the retailers and say, listen, you can have the Cloud Shelf version or you can have a Cloud Shelf version and you can go and slot in, you know, the local news, the Instagram feed, the whatever else it is that you want to go and have next to it. Right. So you you could, if, if the website has something saying uh, baby clothing 30% off this week only as a banner on the website, that could conceivably be uh, curated automatically into a uh, call to action poster for a screen doing that, but your platform is not going to run a, a, a video wall on a big, you know, L- set of LEDs modules yeah. or something. Yeah. So what our platform will do is it will work out and it'll enable you to go and promote the sale. It will also select some of the best products and the, the products with the best images. It will go and show those. It will allow passers by um, to, you know, Maybe you're walking past the store in the evening, you go and see a bag that looks super nice. It will, of course, have a QR code on it. You can scan it and it will take you directly to that bag on your phone 
if you buy it, it will be recorded as having come from that screen in that store. So mm -hmm. all of our back-end magic uh, to help people sell more, uh, but but now working also on, on display-only uh, signage. So that's what Cloud Shelf Display Mode is about. It's about okay. helping retailers sell more. It's not their whole branding experience. That's something that you know they'll 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 work with with other people to create. Right. So, uh, what am I buying? Am I subscribing to this? Am I buying a software license? Uh, you're subscribing to it. It's a it's a SaaS model. Okay. Um, so it's just like your subscription to Shopify. You go into Shopify. You add the Cloud Shelf app. Um, you get one display for free for life, so you can try it out. There's no limit. You can you can use it as much as you want. And then as the number of stores expands or the number of screens per store expands, you then just go and upgrade the license. Hmm. Okay. Uh, this was great. Uh, quite interesting. Can, can you just tell listeners where they can find out more online about your company? Absolutely. Just head over to cloudshelf.ai and hopefully you'll be able to find out everything you want about the company if you don't call me <laughs> i love speaking any time of day or any night. time of day or night <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> all right uh giles thank you very much dave thank you so much for the opportunity that's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe you learned a thing or two. If you're new to 69, it's a podcast that's been around since 2016. You can click around the archive and find hundreds of conversations with smart industry people. If you're new to digital signage, you need to be reading 69 at 16-9.net. You'll find more than 8,000 posts by me and expert guest writers about this industry. 169 is not a press release republishing mill, like a lot of the stuff out there. If something makes it on 169, that means it matters in some way to the business. Everything about 169 is free. Great sponsors make my work possible, and the key one here is ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. Check out all the curated and automated content available at screenfeed.com. 169, the blog and the podcast, are now owned by Spectrio, which does customer engagement solutions, most of that digital signage, for all kinds of businesses. You'll find them in the Tampa area and online at Spectrio. That's spectrio.com. You'll find me working out of a sunny back room in my house, located outside Halifax, Nova Scotia, on the east coast of Canada. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Haynes.